Uh, good morning, church. My name is Kylie. Uh, I have the privilege of being one of the youth pastors here at Parkway. Um, and I've had the privilege of being here for five years. I feel so blessed to be able to say that. Um, wow, I wasn't expecting that. Wow, thanks, you guys. Uh, so my first Sunday here at Parkway was just two weeks after my 20th birthday. Um, it was a week after I got engaged. And I can say that I've grown up in this house. Maybe I wasn't a teenager or a young person in this house, but in the last five years, I've grown up a little. Uh, God's changed me. He's developed me, and he's given me awesome people like you to be my family here at Parkway. Uh, so nowadays, if you see me walking around, uh, you'll see me with my seven-month-old on my hip walking around, and I'll be surrounded by a group of teenagers who are probably just there for the baby, but I'll say they're there for me too. Uh, uh, so this morning... Uh, my prayer today is that we'd stand in awe of God, that uh, this morning, as we've already had the opportunity to do, that we would just recognize that he is the reason and he's worthy of all of our praise. That is the goal this morning. Uh, so exciting things have been happening here at Parkway. Who's noticed? Come on now. Just Dave, come on now. Exciting things have been happening here at Parkway. Uh, God has, is, and will continue to move in our church. Uh, and there's momentum in that. There's momentum in what God is doing through his people. I just want to highlight a, a few things. Uh, if you guys don't remember, we've seen healings in our church. We've seen bodies healed in our church. I want to remind you of last, last year around Easter. Oh, wow, not last year. This year around Easter time, uh, we had a young man, Aiden. His back was healed. In like the presence of the Lord, his back was curved, and now it's straight. His back was healed. And he's not the only one. We've seen other people healed. We've seen salvations. We've seen people go from death to life by the good news of Jesus Christ. Um, we've seen people get baptized, right, Connor? Yeah? We've seen people get baptized. We've seen people give their life to Jesus and make the public declaration to say, I'm going to follow Jesus with all of my life. That is worthy of celebrating. We've been able to reach out to our community. There are so many of you here who have touched people in our community and shown them the love of Jesus by their acts and services. You guys, amazing things are happening here at Parkway. And like I've said before, and I'll say it again, I feel so privileged to, get be, to be part of this church. And I feel honored to get to hold this mic and be a mouthpiece for God to speak a convicting message. And ultimately, I believe that the message he has for us this morning will draw us closer to him. But I got a question for you, because it's not just about me this morning. It's not just about how I speak this morning. It's actually more about your hearts. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready to lean in? Do you have an attitude and a willingness to learn this morning? Uh, are you ready for God to speak to you? Are you ready for more? See, at the end of this message, I'm going to ask something of you. I'm going to ask that you come to the altar. I'm going to ask that you respond. I'm going to ask you to pray for others, and I'm going to ask you to be prayed for. So are you ready this morning, church? Are you ready? Let's pray together. God, I pray right now, would you begin to move? God, in our midst right now, God, would you soften hard hearts? God, would you make us, God, like ready soil, ready to have seeds sown in us, God, that would ultimately be fruit for your kingdom? God, I ask right now, speak to us. God, I ask right now, would you let us fall in love with you again? And again and again, when we fall in love with you, 
God, I am desperate for you this morning. If that's your prayer this morning, would you just raise a hand? If you're desperate for God to move in your life this morning, would you just raise your hand now? God, we just see these hands up, and God, we ask, speak to us. God, we need you to speak to us this morning. In your name, amen. Amen. The title of my message this morning is Again and Again, and I'll tell you a little bit about that later. Uh, So uh, following my title as a child of God, one of the things I'm most proud of is to be Justin Kuhn's wife. I am so proud to be to get to be his wife. Uh, and actually, this week, super exciting. I will always celebrate this. Uh, we get to celebrate our fifth wedding anniversary. So excited about that. Uh, thank you, Jesus, for marriage and that relationship. I am so thankful for that. So this this week, fifth anniversary, and in light of celebrating of that, I was going through our wedding photos. Who likes going through their wedding photos? Anybody? I, I want to see some of your guys' wedding photos. Some of those dresses, I got to see. I just got to say. Uh, so we were looking, I was looking through our wedding photos, and it brought back a lot of memories. Maybe those memories weren't too long ago, but it brought back a lot of memories of our first day, of what our wedding day looked like, our first month of marriage, all of those things. It brought back those rem- memories. And it was reminded of this, that there's power in remembering the moments when we first fell in love, because those moments provide the opportunity to fall in love again. And as time goes on, if you haven't noticed, you can get pulled in a lot of different directions. Many things capture our attention. Maybe it's work, school, kids, whatever it might be. But when we slow down and we pause and remember We welcome an atmosphere that promotes falling in love again. So as much as this concept is true of marriage and relationships, how much more is it true of our relationship with our creator and savior? So today we're going to be reading out of Revelation chapter 2. You heard it. I don't know how God spoke this to me, but I'm speaking out of Revelation this morning. So you have a Bible, jump there now. Revelation chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. Uh, And as you're getting there, I'm going to give you a little context. This passage is written by a man named John, and it's essentially one of seven messages from Jesus to seven different churches. Um, And this passage that we're going to be reading this morning is to a church in Ephesus. And uh, in this passage, Jesus commends, he convicts, and counsels the church to return to their first love. Read along with me, starting in verse 2. It says this, I know your deeds, your hard work, your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people and that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them to be false. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. So if we stopped reading here, if you pause for a second, uh, it's safe to say that this church is doing pretty well, right? You look at their life. They're doing everything right. But if you keep reading verse 4, it says this, Yet I hold this against you. This is Jesus speaking to this church. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you've fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will overcome and I will remove the lampstand from its place. See, the church in Ephesus was not stagnant. I don't want you to get that message. They weren't stagnant. They didn't lose their first love because they weren't doing anything. In fact, they were moving. They were a moving, active church. Their church was lively. They had a full calendar. They were consistent in doing the work of the Lord. 
And he actually commends them for this. He tells them, good job. You're doing this well. He commends them for their ability to persevere. The Lord also commends them for being grounded in the truth and standing up against what didn't line up with God's standards for the church. But look, verse 4, read it again. The Lord convicts the church of their focus on the passions for the things of God rather than God himself. I'll say that again. He convicts them that their focus and their passion was for the things of God rather than God himself. I love the way one commentary puts it by Calvin Whitman. It says this, but there is a powerful insight to be learned here. Mere works are not enough to please the Lord. He wants more than outward compliance. What Jesus wants is a heart changed. Church, do you hear that this morning? What Jesus wants is a heart changed. That's why after commending them in verses two and three, in verse four and five, you'll see verse four, but I have this against you. You have lost your first love. Christ counsels them to return to their first love and keep Jesus first in their hearts. The insight, what can we take from this? What can we learn? What can we go home with today? Is simple. Let us never fall into the temptation of turning from our first love and let us turn to Jesus. Church, I don't want you to hear what I'm not saying this morning. What I'm not saying is that we've forgotten our first love. I'd actually say the contrary. I see so many people, so many faces that are so in love with Jesus. But what I do want you to hear, what I want you to hear, what I'm saying, let's be aware of the warning this passage offers. Let's remember and continue to be a people that often reflect on our first love and fall in love again and again and again and again. Uh, my husband is a middle school teacher at Fleming Middle School. And one of the things that they talk about with discipline in their school is that it's early and often. You address discipline early and often. And I think we can learn something from that here. Let's be people that address things early and often before we've even lost sight, before we're running with the things of God. Let us recognize this passage. Let us sit in it for a second and remember, turn to Jesus early and often. Fall in love with him again and again and again. Like I mentioned before, the title of this message is again and again for the reason of this. My hope this morning is that you, not your neighbor, you would fall in love with Jesus again today and tomorrow and again and again and again. My challenge, take this on. This is your challenge, not your neighbor's challenge, your challenge. This is what I'm challenging you with this morning. Will you be the one that pursues the kind of relationships that I will fall in love with Jesus again and again? Will you be the one not to settle not to just pursue the things of God, but pursue a vibrant and passionate relationship with Jesus. Will you, will you be the one to pursue your first love? Sit with that for a second. Will you be the one? When I was writing this message, I was reminded of a story. Uh, how many of you guys know the song Heart of Worship? Anybody heard that song before? Okay, I'm surprised. Some, anybody under 15 have heard that song before, right? Okay, 
Uh, so uh, the song Heart of Worship by Matt Redman. Some of you have heard the song. Most of you have heard the song because it's extremely popular. And uh, some of you might know the story around this being song, uh, this song being written. But if you don't, or if you do, regardless, would you listen to this story? So this uh, song was written in the late 1990s and was born from a period of apathy in Matt Redman, the writer of the song's home church. So despite the country's overall uh, contribu- contribution to the worship, his, his individual church, they were struggling. They were tr- struggling to find the meaning of worship. And I want to read this piece from, uh, from an interview with him. It says, there was a dy- dynamic missing. So the pastor did a really brave thing. He decided to get rid of the sound system and the band for a season, and we gathered with just our voices. Could you imagine if one day pastor was like, oh, boom, we're getting rid of it. It's time for a new day. We're going to learn what worship is. So he decided to get rid of the sound system and the band, and we gathered together with just our voices. His point was this, that we lost our way in worship, and the way to get back to the heart would be to strip everything away. Reminding his church family to be producers in worship, not just consumers. The pastor, Mike Pulvacci, asked, when you come through the doors on a Sunday, what are you bringing as an offering to God? Matt says the question initially led to some embarrassing silence, but eventually people broke into acapella songs and heartfelt prayers, encountering God in a fresh way. And before long, they reintroduced the musicians and the sound system, and, but in that, they gained a new perspective that worship is all about Jesus. And he commands a response in the depths of our souls, no matter what circumstance and setting. The heart of worship simply describes what occurred. When the music fades and all is stripped away, and I simply come longing just to bring something that is worth that will bless your heart, I'm coming back to a heart of worship, and it's all about you, Jesus. Redmond reminds, uh, remembers writing this song quickly in his bedroom, and he didn't even know if it would go beyond that. But I think that story has some impact to us this morning. See, this story highlights the truth that it, Jesus isn't just looking for outward compliance. He's not, he wants our heart. He doesn't, he doesn't want us to just praise for praise's sake. He doesn't want us to just come to an altar because that's what we were told to do. He doesn't want us to just raise our hands because that looks good or I'm supposed to or whatever. He doesn't want praise for just praise's sake. See, God actually wants, he wants true worship. He wants our worship to come from a place of deep love for him. This morning, as we continue this time, I want to highlight to you six symptoms, if you will, of what it looks like when you're chasing the works of God rather than God himself. So what happens when we pursue the works of God above him? One commentary puts it this way. What happens when we, when we focus on the form of our faith rather than the substance? The first symptom is that you're exhausted by the ministry of God. Uh, this uh, week, I have the privilege of having a sister who's also in ministry, and I was talking to her about this message, and she was like, that is me. 
There was a season where she just began to not seek the things of God. She said, oh, well, I'm doing the ministry of God. I'm serving. I'm, I'm telling people about Jesus. But the truth is, is that if we don't seek him and not just think, seek the things of him, we will be left exhausted. Why? Because doing good works, doing good works is not God. Don't get me wrong. Of course, ministry can be physically exhausting. How many of you guys did VBS? Come on now. You can't tell me that ministry can't be physically and even mentally exhausting. And that's what I'm, not what I'm saying here. See, what I am saying is that when ministry becomes the reason, when serving becomes the reason, it will leave you spiritually empty. When we forget our first love and pursue the things of God rather than him, ministry will leave us feeling empty because guess what? Even good things are not a substitute for him. And often when ministry doesn't fulfill the need of God that God was supposed to fulfill, we will be left frustrated and angry. Church ministry, church was never supposed to fill the spot that God was meant to fill. It has to be him first. The next symptom is that we can be discontent with the move of God that is happening right in front of us. I'll say it again. When, when we seek the things of God rather than God himself, we can become discontent with the move of God that is happening right in front of us. And when we become discontent, when we seek the things of God rather than him, we miss it. We miss what God is doing in front of us. And we find ourselves complaining because it doesn't look the way that I want it to or it doesn't look the way he did it before. I'll say it again. Church, when we're just seeking the things of God rather than him, we're going to be discontent. And we're going to miss what God is doing right in front of us. Another symptom is what happens? We become comfortable and being idle and stagnant in our relationship with Jesus. Scripture offers uh, multiple warnings for us about this. Matthew chapter 7, or Matthew chapter 5 through 7, Jesus is preaching one of his most popular sermons. And he says this in the midst of it. He says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you, your workers of lawlessness. The relationship with Jesus has to come first. We have to return to our first love. Another symptom, we have a dulled sensitivity to hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. My question for you, how are we supposed to know the voice of God if we're not walking in relationship with him? I'll say that again. How are we supposed to know the voice of God if we aren't even walking in relationship with him? We're going to end early, church. We're going to have lots of time to respond. Oh, don't laugh. You better get ready. <laughs> what does happen? What does happen when we pursue our first love? We're renewed each day again and again for the good works that he has planned for us. See, when we don't get it backwards, 
when we get it right, when we pursue him first, we're actually filled up so that we can go out and reach our community. What happens when we pursue our first love? We will have a heart to reach the lost. And we will see new believers come to Christ. How many of you want to see your community reach? How many of you want to see your workplaces reached? You know where it starts? You. You know where it starts? When you wake up in the morning, you get on your knees and you begin to pray. And you build that relationship. You know where it starts? You grab this and you start reading it. And not just for reading's sake, you grab it so that you can know him. I know some of you are thinking, I've heard this message time and time again. It's just a basic message. Pray and read my Bible. But listen, church, this is what's going to save our community. We want to see the next generation reached. You guys, I want to, my little seven-month-old son, I I want his youth pastor to make it to church. I want his future youth pastor to make it to church. I want to see our community reached so that somebody can reach him. Church, would you lean into this? It's not just another message. It's not just another word. God has something for us in that. Pursue your first love. Don't forsake that. Let us not look at the church in Revelation, this message he gave to this church, and go, oh, it was for them. No, you know what? We can draw something from it this morning. So what's our response? I'm going to ask you guys to respond. We're going to respond to this this morning. I'm not asking you this to just take this moment and pause and remember and fall in love again. I'm asking for you to do it now and again and again and again. I'm asking that tomorrow morning you actually wake up different. I'm asking that tomorrow morning you get on your knees and you start building a relationship with your heavenly father. How? How do we do that? Like the verse says, we repent we receive and we return to a relationship that's not, that's not just a checklist, but is zealous for him. What does it look like to return? Get at an altar. I'll tell you what, God moves at an altar. Begin to worship him. I love one pastor puts it like this. Worship him, get in your word and witness. See, when you worship him, when you get in the altar, you fall in love with him, the natural result is that you're going to want to know more. I'll tell you what, I, Mark, I, you made me love scripture more than I ever could ever imagine. When you will worship him, you're going to want to know. Like, if you guys need to hang out with Mark, he makes you want to read the Bible because he knows God because he reads his Bible and it makes you excited. When you worship him, when you get in his presence, you want to read the word. And when you read the word and you're filled with his presence, the natural outcome is that you're going to witness. You can't help yourself. You're going to tell your brother about Jesus. You're going to tell your coworker about Jesus. You're going to tell your kid about Jesus. That person that you've been too nervous to talk to, you're going to get over that real fast. You're going to get over your pride and you're going to tell them about Jesus. See, when you'll worship him, you'll get in that altar. You'll read your word. We will see our city saved. See, the truth of the matter in this is that the church is made up of individuals. We are the body of Christ. But there's different parts. The passion of the church will never be greater than the collective passion of her members. 
If we are deeply in love with Christ, the passion will be reflected in our church. If we grow cold in our love for Jesus, that coldness will be evident in our church. So church, what's, what's our goal this morning? What's our goal this morning? I want Pastor Jay and Brooke, who are listening right now, to come back to a church that's a little bit more on fire for Jesus and a whole lot more in love. Come on now. Come on. God wants to speak to us this morning. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up. And as we do, can everybody just stand in this place? We're standing in response to what God is speaking this morning. Are you ready? I asked you at the beginning, a lot of you said yes. So here it's time to show up. Are you ready? Are you ready for God to speak this morning? And the beauty of one of the youth pastors speaking is that we got time to respond. What's our response this morning? Return. Let's take that warning. Let's act in it. So if you're ready to return this morning, with just hands held high. Respond to that right now. And in a moment, we're going to come to the altars. We're going to feel the altars. But right now, I'm just asking for that response. If you've walked away, if you've found yourself in a dull, checklist relationship, right now, with all heads bowed, in the atmosphere of praise or of prayer, would you raise your hand right now? Would you say, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to return. I'm ready to lean in. I'm ready to lean into what God has. That's you. Just put up a hand right now. God wants to speak to that this morning. God, with our hands held high, we want to come to you, Jesus. We want to lean into what you have. God, when we come and worship to you, God, you change us. We fall more in love with you when we're in your presence. Yes, Lord. God, would you move this morning? Another question for you. I feel like the Lord's laying on my heart. If you're in this place and you've never given your life to Jesus, you've never made that decision, You've been sitting stagnant in a church for weeks, maybe months, maybe years, and you've never made the decision, I, I want to surrender my life. I don't want to just keep coming to the, on Sundays, but I actually want to fall in love with Jesus, and I want him to change my life. If you want to give your life to Jesus this morning and make that step, would you just raise your hand in this place? If that's you, you want to make that decision. You're tired of sitting stagnant. You just raise your hand. We're going to pray over you. Lord, we thank you that God, at any time, any place, we can come to you. And God, we can repent of our sins. Reject the old life and live the new life in you. And God, that in that, we have deep relationship with you and get to live with you forever. Thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you, Lord. So here's the response this morning, church. Would you come? Would you come down to the altar? And would you fall in love with Jesus again? Right now, I'm just asking. Come. 
Would you come down to the altar? Would you press into falling in love with him again? Would you sit here a while and just fall in love with the presence of the Lord again? That's where I'm going to be. Would you come? Would you fall in love? I'm going to pray and then I'm going to let the worship team play. Lord, I just thank you that, God, you give us the opportunity to fall in love with you again and again. And God, thank you for the warning that you gave us in Scripture. God, thank you that, uh, God, you warn us not to just do the things. God, not just to be a church that does good things and loves the things that you're doing. But God, thank you for the opportunity to be a church that loves you. And God, would you give us this moment to fall in love with you again? In your name. I just want to speak the name of Jesus Over every heart and every mind Cause I know there is peace within your presence I speak Jesus
Lord, whatever you ask of me, Lord, whatever you call me to be, Lord, whatever you call me to do, Lord, I vow to you, I will do it to the best of my ability. Because Lord, I mean it, I am serious with you. I no longer wanna just look like I'm playing the game, but I wanna be on the field. I don't wanna be scoring some of the runs. I wanna be on that team that makes a difference. So we're gonna sing this song again, but maybe there's more that need to come down here and say, Lord, I'm committing to you my life. I'm surrendering my will. Because it takes guts to say that I surrender everything to you. Because that means anything and everything in your life could change. But if that's you and you haven't come down here yet, <coughs> maybe God's challenging you. <coughs> come be a part of it. Let's sing this again. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Shout Jesus from the mountains. Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy, Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name, Jesus. Search us, God. Shout Jesus from the mountains. Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy, Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name, Jesus. Your name is power, your name is healing. Jesus from the mountain. Shout Jesus from the mountains. Jesus in the streets. Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. Jesus for my family. I speak the holy name. Jesus from the mountains, Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy, Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name, Jesus.
Hallelujah, God. God, I'm praying over every saint that is in this room. Everyone who calls out and calls you Father, calls you our great shepherd, the one who is a lamp to our path, who illuminates and lights our way that we would go. Father, Lord God, I, I, Lord, you know, I wrestle with this all the time. Lord, I don't want to be complacent, but Lord God, I want to be a difference maker. Lord God, we talk about people who are influencers in this world. Well, Lord, we are not in this world. We are here in this world, but we are not, this is not our home. But Lord God, yet you call us to influence this world with the name of Jesus. You call us to speak the name of Jesus over this world. That none should perish, but that they would have life everlasting. That their lives would be changed. So Lord, we come before you now at these altars and we say, Lord, give us our mission. Give us our set point. Where do we start, Lord God? And then give us the boldness to walk those steps. To go to those places that you command to us, Lord. For some here this morning, Lord God, it's going to be to other parts of this planet, not here in Grants Pass. But Lord, I pray over them right now for that mission. I pray over them right now, Lord God, for that calling on their life. That they cannot be still any longer. They cannot remain silent any longer. Father, Lord, we as your church, we do not want the rocks to cry out and praise your name, Lord God. So we will be obedient as your children. And we will lift up the name of Jesus. Lord, as we sang, every stronghold is to be broken in the name of Jesus. Everything that holds us back from being who you have called us to be is broken in the name of Jesus. We speak over those things. As Pastor Kylie shared here this morning, Lord God, that we will not be complacent. We will not be a sleeping Christian community, Lord God. But we will be one, Lord, whose lampstands are lit and the wicks are trimmed, Lord God. And we have been filled with oil, Lord God. And we are ready at a moment's notice for all that you call us as your church to do. So, Lord, do not call us your, cheap, or your church slumbering, Lord God. But call us your church ready, Lord God. We stand ready, Lord God. Set us on the walls, Lord God, to watch through the night, to tarry through the day as well. Set us, Father, Lord God, with your word in one hand and the sword in the other. Lord, that we will be all that you call us to be. Lord, there are some here this morning, they're pastors. You're calling them, Lord God. There's some here this morning, are missionaries. You're calling them, Lord God. God, there are some here that you are calling to be an amazing neighbor. Whatever you call us to be. Find us doing it to the best of our abilities. We want you to be honored in our actions and in our deeds, but not just because we're doing the deeds for the sake of the work that needs to be done, but because we have caught a vision of you, who you are, and what you mean to us. And it is our joy to serve. It is our joy to rise and say, Lord, here I am, count me in. All right, we're gonna sing this one last time. Church, I'm gonna ask all of you to stand to your feet. If you can't keep your arms down any longer, put them up in the air. If you can't keep quiet anymore, let your voices ring in this place. If you can't stay sad anymore, let your joy abound, because his name is power. Amen? Shout Jesus. Here we go. Last time. Shout Jesus from the mountains, Jesus in the streets. Jesus. 
Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. Jesus for our families. Yes. Who is it? Who is it? Jesus. Shout it out, church. Hallelujah, God. Shout Jesus from the mountains. Jesus in the streets. Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. God is calling you this morning. Jesus for my family. I speak the holy name, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Your name is power. Your name is healing. Your name is life. Break every stronghold. Shine through the shadow. Back to a heart of worship. Matt Redmond's church, they took away the sound system. They took away the instruments. I want to hear your voices this morning. Instrumentalists are going to hold, but your voices are going to sing. That chorus, one more time. Would you lead us in that? Here we go. Your voices, church. Here we go. Your name is power, your name is healing, your name is life. Break every stronghold, shine through the shadows, burn like a fire. Your name is power. Your name is healing. Your name is life. Break every stronghold. Shine through the shadows. Burn like a fire. I was glad when they said unto us, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. There are world changers in this room. I cannot wait to see. I may not live long enough to see all of the ministries fulfilled that God's called and placed upon the hearts and the heads of every person here. But we'll all be watching. We'll all be celebrating. We'll all be joining. Amen? Because there are amazing things that are going to happen if you are bold enough and if you are faithful enough. Because God's foundation sure is strong enough. Amen? I want you to make sure that you high-five somebody this morning as well. Worship team's going to play that one last time if you want to sing it. Tell them you're glad to see them in the house of the Lord. May the Lord's blessing be upon you this day. Amen. Amen.
over every heart.